A quick note about today's episode, we had some technical difficulties with our guests recording towards the end of the interview, but the majority of the interview is fine. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. I'm back, Will. I missed you. Yeah. <laughs> I missed you I was too. Gone. I was gone for a week. I keep missing like some really dope interviews. And I, I you know, when I, I know. look it back and I'm like, oh man, the the last one we did was and I keep missing music supervisors. I think that was like the second music supervisor know, we've right? had that I missed. That's crazy. <laughs> But I missed it for a good reason because I was recording new music. So yes, we want to hear so your new stuff, your new projects. Mm. We want to hear all of it. <laughs> it's coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. Anyway, anyway, but we have a we. Ha- I, I am here this week, and I'm really excited about. I I was loving what I was reading about um, our guest today. Like really, really loving it. So I am super excited to to dig in. But of course. Before we do that, dun, dun, dun. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Music tip. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, um, pretty much piggybacking on the one, the episode, the last episode that that we had you on um, when we were talking about uh, doing what you love. And I wanted to add the second part of that, which is love what you do. And... (laughs) All, all well. If you go back to our other one, doing what you love, of course, it's you know don't don't try to like do twenty and eleven things, and you might have an interest in them, but the one thing that yeah. that really sparks your interest, that's what you want to focus on. That's what you want to do. So do what you love, and said so loving what you do means putting the right care and attention into that mm. thing that you love, and it's mm. a relationship. There will be ups and downs, and that's what love is all about. It's a relationship. So love what you do. So that's the tip. Yeah, and and, and I think it's a good point that you made as far as it being a relationship and that relationships go up and down. And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, especially as artists, when we fall in that, that low part or that down part of doing music, which, you know, obviously varies for everybody, because... Being an artist takes so much of you, that low can feel very much like forget it. <laughs> right, right. It can feel very much like throw it away. I'm not yeah, doing I it know. anymore. Um, <laughs> but we have to understand that, again, this, I am so glad you said relationship because it's, it's going to go up and down. And the key is not throwing in the towel on those yes. on those down moments and also understanding that the down moments are completely utterly normal and are in fact necessary um yep. to yep to we need that contrast as humans period um and so we have to stop looking at lows and downs as 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 bad and quit you know yeah. it's 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 just well they're, they're the, the foundation that the relationship is built off of yeah, yeah. Now, there, granted, there are certain things that you do have to just kind of let go within certain things. But I think 
You know, exactly. If you are doing what you love, then, then you know you the love loving what, what you, you do. yeah loving what you do is gonna is gonna be some great great stuff and then maybe some more challenging stuff. So good tip. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Bandzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team. Not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month. And includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to banzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days. And be sure to use our promo code, MAKINGMONEYPOD, to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, Making Money Pod to get 15% off the first year. Um, we have with us today a very, very good and close friend of mine who um, is also a colleague uh, from when I was teaching down at uh, North Carolina Central. But uh, mm-hmm. she's been doing amazing things. Uh, she's done a lot of amazing things, but now she's she's embarked on a whole another chapter, and uh, it's it's amazing to watch this um, unfold. And so, um, bringing her on board and having her talk about it is going to be great to hear how all of this came about. Came about. So, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce Lenora Helm Hammonds. Hi. Hey, Lenora. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Will. Hi, Kenya. Welcome, Lenora. Thank you. Hi. Thank Hi. you, Kenya. Great Hi. You. Great to have you. I'm so excited yep. to so, be here. Oh man, we're 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 excited to have you, and I'm I'm excited to hear uh, some of this story because I haven't talked to you like in depth in a long in a little while. So I wanted to hear some some of how all this stuff came about. But before we get into uh, the the new stuff. Um, uh, talk to us and tell us, you know, some of the background because I already know, but Kenya doesn't know. Uh, how I don't you know. Got yeah, to... you have to. You got it. And our audience, <laughs> you know, some of our audience may know a lot, but then some may not. So okay. definitely share what you do, what it is, what it is you do, and yeah, what brought you exactly? What brought you, what there? Brought you here? Um, thank you. And Kenya, I just want to say I love your music too. I, you know, uh, definitely did try to do my homework on you. I know Will's work, but your work is beautiful and uh, your website is beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. So, um, uh, quick and dirty, I am a vocal jazz musician and I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Um, mm. and made my way, knew that I, what I wanted to do at eight years old and made my way to Berklee College of Music after high school. And that's a whole story. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but uh, went to Berkeley with a dream in my heart of being a vocal musician and composer and um, graduated um, in three years instead of oh, four. Wow. It's the first black woman to graduate from Berkeley College of Music's film scoring degree. Oh, my gosh. Really? And, but at, wow. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, I was... Um, I was singing and a performer and I didn't really uh, choose one or the other, but I just allowed things to kind of evolve so that I could develop whatever was in front of me. And I was at Berkeley at a really um, fortuitous time because my classmates were, they're all like well-renowned artists in jazz. So I'm talking mm. about um, Bradford Marsalis and Rochelle Farrell and, Kevin Eubanks and all of these people who are named, you know, Cindy Blackman, all of them hanging out together, making music together. Mm. And um, it developed my work ethic and the fire in my belly. And I, after I finished uh, at Berkeley, I went to, I had always decided that I was going to New York. So I would tell my mom, as I was watching those flags on the, you know, Good Morning America show, mommy, I'm going to go to all those countries and sing jazz and I'm going to go to <laughs> New York. She says, shut up and eat your grits. You're going to be the life of school, you know? So <laughs> I was like, okay, but I, I finally, I got my nerve up. I worked in Boston for several years. Um, I had a wedding band and I would work at, at hotel, um, you know, jazz little venues and stuff and work at like the Sheridan Hotel for five nights a week singing. And so I felt like I got my chops up enough to save my money and I moved to New York. And that's a whole nother story because I kind of really moved overnight to New York. Um, I was mm. I was visiting a, a boyfriend at that time and at, in, the, in the airport of a newspaper and I saw an ad that said, um, we need an a administrative assistant job at a talent agency and so I called my boyfriend and I said oh there's this job in New York at this talent agency and I told him what it was it was Norby Walters uh, talent agency which turned out to be later general talent so I took the interview and um, they said can you start tomorrow and I was like oh, wow. um, yeah I can start tomorrow and I called him from the interview I was like they want me to start tomorrow he's like okay we'll go buy you some clothes and to the weekend, oh then we'll God. drive back to Boston on New York. We'll drive back to oh Boston on the weekend. Um, you, and I got clothes for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I drove back to Boston, packed my, my rented, you know, like subleased my apartment, packed up the car and moved to New York literally overnight. And so oh, I, my God. <laughs> it was amazing. I, wa I worked at um, that booking agency here, and then it turned hands to... Um, general talent. And I was like um, the uh, executive assistant to the person who was the agent for Patti LaBelle and the Four Tops and New mm -hmm. Kids on the Block and Tiffany and all of that. So I would go to those shows and collect money. I would like do the contract. Mm -hmm. So I was learning a lot about the business side. Um, then I got about a couple of years later, I got a job at Sony Music and worked in business affairs. And all the time I was like doing day jobs. And then at night I was gigging and kind of learning both sides of it, like just thrown into the, <laughs> into it. And yeah, so yeah. I, I did that for a few years and around 1998, I, two things happened. I was uh, um, mm -hmm. selected to be a jazz ambassador for the United States. So I would go to different countries and do concerts and workshops. And mm -hmm. 
um, like floored me and <laughs> that was just a great opportunity. And then um, one of my band members happened to be sitting at the Blue Note having a drink, like at the after hours gig, you know, the after hours set. And a guy sat next to him who was visiting from Cincinnati and said, hey, I have a new record company. I'm looking for jazz singers. Do you know? And he said, yeah, I work with a jazz singer. Um, and so he came to he came to rehearsal the next day. And he's like, yeah, there's this guy I met at a bar at the Blue Note. He said he's looking for singers. I was like, yeah, right. And so <laughs> I was like, that's like too good to be true. So I didn't yeah. even call the number for like two months. Oh, and wow. then I finally called the number and like that was my first record deal uh, with J Curve oh, Records. He was gosh. like an investment banker who was mm. like a hobbyist as a guitarist. And then that was kind of it. I folded my uh, day job. I like left my day job. I started yeah. recording and doing more touring. I ended up working with Freddie Jackson as a background singer, Michael Franks as a background wow. singer. And then I would just start doing my own, you know, thing. And um, yeah, and then I did that for a while in New York. 20 years I spent in New York and one um, concert and masterclass game. And the director of jazz mm -hmm. studies there um, asked me after I did the concert and went back to New York. He said, hey, would you like to come and help us develop our jazz program? And I said, no, I'm not leaving New York. You know, once again, <laughs> I'm like, pretty big. Yeah, these people turning just my want back you, on my, I know, I was like <laughs> turning my back on my opportunities, right? Yeah. And so I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then um, my boyfriend at the time said, hey, why don't you call back and see if you could do it part time? I was like, mm, I didn't think about that because mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like this all or nothing person if I'm going to be mm -hmm. all in. Yeah. And so I called Dr. Wiggins back and I said, um, do you, can I do it part-time? Can I come like part of the week? He said, well, I, I think we can make that work. And so, yeah, 15, 15 wow. years later, Gosh. here I am. You know, um, yeah, yeah. So there's some more things in it, but that's kind of like the quick and dirty version. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. There's a whole lot more in that. Yeah, I was about to say, now, we're about to pick... Pick into some of that because you just you were flying through and I'm trying to jot down notes and I'm like oh my gosh she did what what I knew there was a reason why I was I felt a little kindred she reminds <laughs> me of me Will she kind of is like landing mm -hmm. in spots that's like oh okay yeah I'll yeah, do that that's exactly <laughs> it I mean you you all are definitely cut from the same cloth uh, same yeah. vibrational uh, awareness yeah. and yeah it's. I already knew I'm going to be sitting back on this in this interview because I already know no, everything. No, no, no. I'm not going to take over. <laughs> well, not everything, I but I know not. a whole lot about Lenora, and I know that you don't, and I know that you all are kindred spirits, so I'm just going to sit back and watch the, the beautiful fireworks. Uh, <laughs> no, this is so awesome because, no, I just saw so much of myself in your story. And, I mean, not I didn't do, you know, half probably of what you've done, but just that notion of kind of following things and following, um, you know, what you want inside and then these opportunities kind of just showing themselves up, you know, and it's like, oh, I didn't even really think about that, but there's probably opportunity in that. And I, I think it's important for, you know, artists to listeners to because a, a lot of people, I think when they think of you being a singer or whatever, you know, it's just very one track like, oh, I'm just going to go sing, you know, and that's it. But as you see, all these experiences you know, can come together and create such a dynamic artist life, you know, as opposed to just the one thing, you know, so. 
I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's really true. And it's like uh, one of the things that I wish someone would have said to me very early on Mm -hmm. is to trust yourself in a way that when these things show up, you don't have, you know, you don't, you don't just like marinate in like what, what could possibly go wrong or, you know, so you have to make a decision. I I really think that confidence is a decision you make. It doesn't show up because in your spirit, because Mm -hmm. you have uh, success at something. I think you make a decision to be confident and that energy draws the things to you to help confirm it as you move forward in, in whatever opportunity is in front of you. But I, you know, that's the, and I really understand that after being a mentor mm-hmm. and a teacher for emerging mm-hmm. artists in the role that I currently play, because that just dismantles people's journey in a way. Could you really- share a bit about your current role? Because this is where I really found myself in you. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord, she's doing what I, maybe I need to be at North. And it's funny, I'm going to be at North Carolina Central We'll talk about that off air. I will actually oh, be yay. there in March. I am. My, this is one of the schools that my son, yeah, we're going to North Carolina uh, to be looking at colleges. And my father-in-law went to North Carolina Central. Uh, <laughs> and oh, so it's actually connect. one of the schools. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> will. But anyway, <laughs> go if you could share just because I, I, I love what you're just saying about the mentoring of emerging artists. And if you could tell us a little bit more about that role. Well, it's really funny, Kenya, because I, again, was like kicking and screaming, not hearing it about being a teacher. <laughs> um, I was a teaching artist in New York for a while because one of the hats I play, I, um, um, there was uh, the wife of a musician I worked with, was a dancer, and she was also really deep in arts administration, and she uh, asked me, you know, I think you'd make a great teaching artist. And I was like, uh, what's that? And she, <laughs> you know, she was like, well, it's someone who you don't, you're not a classroom teacher, but you use your art to help people make connections to life mm. and to their world, whether you, you could go in a classroom, but maybe you're mm. in a prison or a hospital or a hospice or senior citizen residents and you use your music or your art whatever your craft is Mm. and you help people live and learn about being human but there's a whole like structure to that like learning how to and learning how to speak that speak and so that threw me into working for Carnegie Hall and Brooklyn Philharmonic as a teaching artist and Mm. to North Carolina and created a teaching artist certificate program and so emerging <laughs> artists who didn't want to work at Walmart could learn how to use their art and work as a teaching artist. Cause I'm, you know, I, I really think that at, you know, it was important. So I, <laughs> I, I want to, um, and I have uh, tried to really make one of my, my legacy tracks in work because to, to be able to look at an artist when they come across my path, yeah. And say, you know, um, here are the things you should be working on. And this is why. This is where I see your spell, that whole attitude or idea that you need to have something to fall back yeah. on. No, you just need to know how, how you make your money as an artist, as a musician. You have to master those four pillars where you make your money. And you have to have other tributaries where right. um, 
in some kind of teaching aspect mm -hmm. even just if it's just from your the stage and the microphone is your pulpit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you're performing you're teaching through the music you decide to share that you compose that you write and and how many different ways did you do that but I just learned later that um, my calling was as a teacher mm -hmm. and I would complain about it like oh I can't get performing work there was a, a section of my <laughs> my journey where all I got was like teaching artists work and I was like bemoaning it to my sister my little sister and she's like I was like I don't want this teaching work I want to sing and she's like are you kidding me I was like what do you mean she said do you not remember making us play school when we were little kids <laughs> in the summertime we had to come and you get homework and you put it on the blackboard and you gave us tests and we had to be there oh every day, nine to three. God, Lenora, that is hilarious. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot completely forgot about that. Well, you know what's crazy, Lenora, <laughs> is that I did the same thing. No, Will, this is kind of getting me a little scared now. I'm getting a little I'm getting a little nervous because <laughs> As she's described, I'm like, oh, so I got to do her certificate right? program because I used to do the same thing as a kid. I would perform in my room, it's but good, then I good. would pretend that okay. my stuffed animals were my students because I didn't have a little sister. I had an older sister and she, she was not going to be participating in that because she was a teenager. But what I would do is I take all my dolls and stuffed animals and put them around my bed like that was their desk and I would give them their pieces of paper. <laughs> right, <laughs> and I would tell them to read, it's you know, so and then I would read for them or whatever. But yeah, go ahead. You know, uh -huh. it's so funny because when you're called to do something, it's part of you. You might not recognize it. Someone in your life may point it out to you later. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess I watched my mother. She was a cosmetologist uh, <laughs> in this beauty school, so I would watch my mm. mother to teach, you know, as a little mm. kid, as a little girl. So maybe that's where it came wow. from. I'm not sure, but that's super cool. And so, <laughs> well, so now I'm sorry, Will. I'm gonna ask one more. So, so <laughs> go ahead. I know you. You, like I said, I'm gonna sit back and watch. No, that's not <laughs> fair. <ahead. laughs> I'm not. The next question is from you, but I just want to make sure that I'm I'm clear. And so today, when you go into work. What I guess I want, I mean, we, we went back and then I got caught up into my history, but, but if maybe share just a little bit more of like what that daily work then looks for you right now at the well, university? I come, I come to um, North Carolina Central University, a beautiful HBCU in the middle of Durham, and I walk into my office and I have a baby grand piano in my office. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I um, see young people all day long who are developing their skills. Um, mostly as vocal jazz majors. Mm -hmm. And my my day-to-day -day work is working, helping them develop their voice um, and helping them develop their talent in songwriting and arranging mm -hmm. um, and, and, and developing a gig book and developing their skills to go out and be solo artists. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other half of that work is I direct the vocal jazz ensemble. So it's like a choir, but it has a rhythm section. And we work on the vocal jazz standards and, well, any kind of music, really, but for mm -hmm. 12 voices mm -hmm. um, and, and eight voices. So you want to think, take uh, students who are graduate and undergraduate majors in recording. So I teach them uh, how to go into this recording studio and make recordings and, and how their voice has to change when they do recordings. Yeah, and, yeah. 
experience of solo performing um, yeah. as a jazz artist in, um, in yeah, so that that awesome I love program. it. All it's right. a privilege. Yeah. I, I, it's a, it's I said I was a shut up, but good grief. That's <laughs> my like right. dream job. <laughs> no, yeah. that's like my dream job. It, it really I can is. see that. With and you. I turned it down yeah. at first. <laughs> Say it again, no, Lenora. Well, I'm we, sorry. I missed it. I, I turned it down at first. And you know what, Kenya? We need a lot. We need a lot more vocal jazz ensemble directors. We have very, 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 very few yeah. Especially yeah. of color. Especially no, you're definitely inspiring me. You know, I, I work part-time at a university here in Chicago, but my, my background outside of music is healthcare. And so I have a master's in counseling as well. And so what I do is I help students develop, you know, their study skills and their life balance and time management so that they can actually really be successful um, as students. And particularly students... Um, students of color, uh, international students who have, you know, first generational students. And um, yeah, so I'm already of the mindset of development. Like that's my thing is like, you know, you got to develop. And then, you know, my artist life, I perform, but I also coach artists and do a lot of what you just said in terms of um, particularly in how do you book gigs? How do you go into recordings? How do you promote yourself? How do you do the business side of this? So I'm yeah. telling you, Lenora, no, seriously. Like, <laughs> but you know what, you know, that. it's, it's, I never um, imagined to be able to connect the dots of the different ways that I made my living in music until I had to work with one-on-one uh, -on -one with students, mm. you know, how to, how to book yourself, how to develop your art, how to develop your craft, how to develop the business acumen, mm -hmm the personal development uh, journey that you need to do, um, all of that, all of that connecting. And it's taking that 30,000 foot view of, you know, the different things that you've been privileged to do. Sometimes um, artists, they don't pay attention to some of the things that they've been doing, whether it's working as a Sunday mm. school teacher or doing a lot of uh, gift with organizing Things. You have a gift with a counseling, you know, Lord knows I need a degree in counseling to work. <laughs> yes. <is> yes. <laughs> I was about to say, when you're working with students, people, period. But, yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, I want to ask <clears throat> about the uh, about this chapter in your life um, where you've actually created a big band. Yes. And I want you to go into. Uh, how that idea started, and also um, some of the challenges and the wins that you've experienced. Okay. Well, um, probably my early love for Big Band came from the thousands of hours of listening to Ella Fitzgerald um, mm. and developing <laughs> my ear in jazz. You know, Big Band is like another animal. It's it's this beautiful huge wall of sound that comes with a lot of uh, energy and swing and power um, and like every instrument. I mean, if you are with a, when I'm with a rhythm section and maybe a horn or two, it's an entirely different feeling from 20, 20 players at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, and it feels like you're on top of the world, especially when mm. the band is swinging hard. And 
when I came to North Carolina Central University, they have probably one of the bands in the country and evidenced by us being invited to be in the jazz championship. Um, that was a couple of weeks ago, the very first collegial jazz championship at Jazz at Lincoln Center. We were one of 10 mm -hmm. bands handpicked in the country. So what I learned while being here these last, you know, 15 years is listening to that jazz band, watching students come in, not knowing anything and seeing how they develop right, their right. sound. And I'm thinking, man, I want to sing with a big band. <laughs> and so um, the last nine years I haven't recorded. I was really, really working on my doctoral degree mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff that goes with getting mm -hmm. tenure. And uh, I didn't record. I, and I, I was like, you know, I'll, I have to put that on the back burner for now. But then I said, it's time to record. All of those things are at, you know, at culminating to an end. I'm getting tenure and, and getting my doctor degree all this year. Mm -hmm. Yay! Yay! So, <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. I was like, thank you. I was like, I want to record. What should I do? And I was like, you know what? This next decade uh, is going to be about uh, having a big band, running a big band. What do I want to be different? Yep. I want, first of all, I want women to be in the band because I think it's insane that you can look right. at 20 musicians <laughs> on stage and no women. <laughs> I mean, you have to do that on purpose. You know, sometimes I think you're, and I would ask, you know, do you know a, a saxophonist, um, a, a woman saxophonist? Oh, no, I never thought about that. I'm like, duh. Oh, my God. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, if I would call for a recommendation of a rhythm section player, like, uh, they name a bunch of men. And I was like, yeah, do you know any women on the instrument? Um, uh. And so I was like, you know what? This is just, <laughs> this is just not going to happen anymore. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm serious. I, get, I would get so mad. You know, one of the hats I wore in New York, I was president of International mm. Women in Jazz for five years. And it was about advocacy and um, getting awareness mm -hmm. out about, you know, hiring women instrumentalists, hire singers. And then the idea that women I... singers don't <laughs> lead a band. I'm like, well, that's kakamuki because at the end of the year, right, right. Okay. I have like, 10, yes. 1099. So I do the I'm same thing. No, I have my 1099s with my band. I'm like, uh, so, hello? So, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, so <laughs> I learned so much. Some of the challenges were, I didn't, I didn't realize how hard it would be. Because when you are running a trio, whether you're running a trio, you're a duo, or you have a band, and then you have a big band, you're a small business. So how do I, um, how am I going to scale the, the, and the duties and the understanding endings that I've gotten from running a band for the last 30 years mm. to running a big band mm. and what do I not know uh, so it was like going through those elements of just producing an event producing a we did a live recording and it's called for the love of big band and it comes out Yay. March 9th Yay. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's awesome. thank you thank you uh, but some of the challenges were the mindsets of uh, men um, that I would call to um, higher, you know, just in putting the band together, um, deci decision making, um, um, making sure that people will know, well, okay, I might hire a conductor to run 
um, the rehearsal or to direct the band while I'm singing because I can't do both at the same time. But I'm the director. So if, you know, it was the same thing I would have when I was having, when I had a trio or quartet. Mm-hmm. The, the venue owner would walk up to one of the <laughs> men in the band to talk to them about the business elements. And they would point to me and said, she's the director. Yeah. She's the boss. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, okay, this is 30 years later. I'm pretty established as an artist. You know, I should get the, res- I shouldn't have to like, uh, uh, have to banter back and forth about my directed my directions mm-hmm. or what I'm asking for to happen. But there were many times when people tried to cupcake me. Oh, just sit over here and relax and we got it. No, excuse me. <laughs> I don't want that in my song. No, the arrangement's not going to go like that. And the yeah. next time you're coming late, you know, don't tell the conductor, tell me because I'm signing your check. Thank you. So yeah. just... <laughs> Just realizing that those kinds of conversations never end because the patriarchy hey, in music, it, it, sorry, I, already, Will, I know it, is is deep. <laughs> it's, it is so ingrained. Where even the students would try to like come off as, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and this and this in the song. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> and then let the crickets happen, let the quiet, so that they and they look at my face. And realized that they just did a like gulp. Uh, uh-huh. I just like was disrespectful and tried to usurp the authority of my my director yeah. or the band. Yeah. And so those kinds of things um, have get con- uh, mentoring the young women uh-huh. in the band who would tell me horror stories about uh, situations that they would be in. So. Yeah, I've learned a lot, and I'm really, really excited for the music that's that's coming and the and the and the footprint. I hope we can make with changing the face of big bands. So awesome. I've already heard the album, and it's awesome. Yes, yes. Oh, so, but I, I, think it was, I can't you wait. All, you said March 9th. <laughs> it's you I all up for a real treat. We get the sneak peek. The listeners don't get that yet, but that just means the listeners. March 9th, you guys. March 9th available like everywhere, right? Yeah, the, everywhere. The digital platforms that we need to go. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, you've said so many things, and I, I think that we've tried to kind of tap into, um, because Will is incredibly, I mean, he's, he's the, what do I want to call you? The rare bird of, you know, really understanding <laughs> that we, you know, the, femi- the feminine energy and, and the importance of that. And we've tried to talk about women in, in music a bit here on the podcast in the past, but I can't, I, it's really great to hear you convey those challenges because I know so many female right. um, particular they turn it singers, over to someone um, who yeah they yeah. have their own they're solo artists but they have to have their band you know they have to have a band when they're performing or they're touring and so forth and you know being able to to lead that that you know is a very can be a very intimidating process for a lot of emerging um, young singers to the point where they just kind of don't and then get taken they kind say, of advantage. They oh, say, this is mine. Yeah, exactly. And But then their vision yeah. isn't being held. We should have you back to actually just have yeah, a whole episode. Yeah, to talk about talking, it. Like, yeah, you all, and just, and I'll be quiet. <laughs> You're so funny. No. <laughs> no. This particular conversation about women in music is a whole other conversation. Like, I get so enraged about the whole thing like 
It's so much I could share. Ask a, ask a male musician mm-hmm. if you, your daughter came to you and said she wanted to be a trombonist or a guitarist, what, what would you tell her? Yep. That's uh, that right. is that is a, a a direct question that you know a lot of lot of men will just tell them tell them just to go into something else yeah or you know that's a man's instrument all that stuff yeah I totally agree yes yeah and I, that's why yes. I would I would I mentored you know a few of my students uh, oh yeah um, female students at school that played instruments I was telling them you know stick with this practice this practice and the same same deal like you know I would call them women on my gigs so i I knew the deal yeah. so yeah. you know one of the best pianists here in dc is janelle gill so uh and yeah. she's, she's now leading her own group which is awesome i saw she's a has a gig but also uh amy bormet amy I bormet on a, yeah a bunch of gigs she's actually yeah. saved my behind on a couple of gigs <laughs> that great. i needed to get covered so but yeah i mean that's it's it's a huge it's a huge issue, and I totally agree. And I actually, even when I teach uh, jazz history, I make a concerted effort to bring in women instrumentalists, so the so the students know that that's a part of the history. Kudos to Absolutely. you for that. Absolutely, yeah. That's why I said he's a, a rare bird. But yeah, no, I think it's we definitely have to bring you back on that because there's so much. There's so many layers to that. And I think, you know, also then being a woman of color, yeah. you know, I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of layers <laughs> and then singer versus instrumentalist, you know, yes. and then being, you know, a singer who also writes yes. versus a singer who doesn't. I mean, there's just a, there's a lot, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of layers. So, um, but it's necessary. And it's funny you say trombonist. I, I was in a jazz ensemble as a teenager in, in high school that they selected, like one trombonist, one vocalist, one drummer. You know, the whole ensemble was one from all the Denver public schools because I'm originally from Denver. And um, I was the vocalist, but our trombonist was a girl. Yes. And her name was Brandy. Yeah. And so in high school, I mean, so I grew up like, yeah, of course girls play. What are you talking about? You know, like <laughs> trombones. I mean, because I grew up kind of seeing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and upright basses and, you know, females, one of... There was a girl in my middle school who played upright bass, and I just thought she was the best person in the world. I just thought it was so cool that she could play that big instrument. And But it's so important to see that because since I grew up seeing that, it's very normalized, but a lot of people don't. And so that's why, you know, the shifts have to be made and so forth. So, yeah. Uh, well, we're, I know we're already yeah, we, running out of time. This is yeah, just we're, awful. we're about that. <laughs> we're about that that time. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to. We're going to have to do another one. That's just just how it is. Yeah. Well, please share with our audience um, because yes, we you've got new music. You have a beautiful website. So I don't know how active you are on social media outside your website, but if you could just share any way that people can follow what you're doing and get in touch if necessary, all that good stuff. My website is Lenora L E N O R A Hell. Um, com, and um, you can find everything there all of the social media I'm on social media a lot um, on Instagram I'm on Twitter I'm on Facebook um, I have a sound um, uh, um, SoundCloud I'm having a 
brain <laughs> Yeah, thank you. SoundCloud page. I'm everywhere. My students make me do that. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a lot oh, of nice. fun too. And, you know, I use Facebook okay. for a lot of different things, but I have a Facebook band page there under Lenore's Helm. But if you put in Lenore Helm, you can find me. Um, I've been doing my haikus every day on Facebook. <laughs> I've been seeing that. That's oh, awesome. I love them. <laughs> I will be following that for sure. <laughs> what is, um? oh, you said something and it made me like, oh, we have to make sure we get it. But now I just had my brain fart. Okay, never mind. I was like, oh, I have to ask her to tell me blah, but I don't remember now. So I think we're good. <laughs> we have the IG, we have the website. Well, yeah, definitely so. listeners, please, uh, you know, she gave her social media, I mean, her website that has her social media on there. Please, I loved your website. It's beautiful. It gives you wonderful information. Um, and, and particularly my, my females out here, because I do think that sometimes we, you know, we, we, we limit ourselves in, in those different areas of, of music. And, you know, absolutely no. Maybe you can't do it all at one time, but there's a lot, as you see, there's been so much fluidity in your career, Lenora, which I think is so awesome. And we'll definitely be in touch after because now you're about to be my mentor because I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to pick your brain. <laughs> Thank <laughs> on a few, you. On a few things. You're welcome. Will, thank you, because, you know, we, we sit down and kind of figure out our guest, and he was definitely like, look, we got to we gotta get Lenora on here. So I'm so happy that he did that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Well, this is it. Another great podcast episode, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you would like to join our new artist development program, the 3MB Club, please contact us via email at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.